Effort. Hey, uh, you're listening to A to Z, and we're a uh, car seat headrest. Uh, best podcast in the world. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Music A to Z podcast. I am Steve Ferguson. I am Douglas Ferguson. So Doug, yes. Last time we recorded, you were all like, "Ah, oh, my job situation sucks, and I got to figure this out." Mm. This week, though, you were also like, "Ah, my job situation sucks. I got to figure this out," <laughs> but for entirely different reasons. You know, the uh, it's it's really strange how how things kind of flip around. <laughs> um, but now suddenly I have like job off like four different job offers. I've already quit one of them because I started. I started with just one job, but they weren't able to give me enough hours. So yeah. then I got another job, and then they because they weren't going to be able to give me a lot of hours. So between the two of them, I'd have enough hours. Mm-hmm. Then actually, like in practice, they are both giving me more hours than I was expecting, and um, and so like oh, but I purposefully wanted something part time so I could keep working on YouTube and keep mm-hmm. working on you know following the old acting dream and stuff like that. So I quit one of them, and so I just have this one job at the immediate moment, shelving shelves at Shoppers Drug Mart. It's not not particularly stimulating work, but uh, but if Drake could do it, Doug, then you can do it. I, I don't know if I follow the reference. He started from the bottom, now he's here. He started from the bottom, now we're here. Have you never seen the music video for "Started at the Bottom"? See at Shoppers Drug Mart? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the big that's the oh. big gag is that he's a shoppers drug mart employee who gets promoted to like night manager or something, and he's so excited, and then it cuts to like him running down the street with a car and like throwing money down oh, stuff like that. Oh wait, I think I've seen some of that. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't follow a lot of Drake Tbh. I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm just I did absolutely, and I know this was the intended this was the intended effect, but I got such a massive massive chuckle out of him like. Like visually name dropping Chopper's Drug Mart because <laughs> uh, do they have those in the states? I don't think so. But I mean, I don't know actually. I I I've never seen it, but they might. For those not in the know, I mean, you can guess from the Drake video what Chopper's Drug Mart is. It's like a, I mean, they're 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 everywhere, but they're like, you know, go get your cosmetics and your cheap candy and fill out your prescription. Basically, yeah. yeah. It's it's like a it's it's kind of like a. It's just kind of a grocery store, without being a, like a full grocery store, like half committed to being a grocery store. Yeah, yeah. I often forget that Drake is a, a Canadian yeah, boy. Yes. Yeah. We'd come over on Monday, and you know, I said, "Oh, hey, where's Doug?" He said, and uh, Nate says, "Oh, he's in bed. Yeah, he got up this morning. He went, he quit Starbucks, and then he went back to bed." And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like "True story. <laughs> that that is that is." That is a great quitting story. That is that is like, isn't that how we all want to quit a job? It's like we go down, we go down there. Like I'm done. We come back. We just go back to bed. We're like we're rebooting this day. <laughs> <It's> great. <laughs> and uh, so, anyways, I got this. I got this other job offer at Shaw that uh, I got kind of hooked up with because of our brother Nathan. He works for them. And when I got that. I was like, great, I'll quit Seaman Foods right away. Because <laughs> I just got reminded of why I didn't like working at Starbucks. Yeah. We're getting trained for it again. I'm like, oh, right. That's right, because this job is not good. <laughs> I mean, 
again, some people love working for Starbucks. Like it's just an as just an atmosphere and a way of doing things that really works for them. And I understand why Starbucks does things a certain way because they have to keep very uniform between all their stores, blah blah blah. Uh, but it's not for me. And so, and then all of a sudden, I get I get an interview because while I was doing, of course, you know, when you go job searching, you give out resumes to tons of places. Yeah. Um, and I just got a call from a place called Rio Barbecue. It's a it's a very small local. I think they only have the one store still, but it's really close to home. Uh, and the interview, things, I didn't think that that was going to go very well because I didn't really want to work with food again. And, uh, and I, I like eating there. I was almost worried about like ruining it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, really, I really like their food. You know, the interview went really well. I got along famously with the manager. He wants to like take me in for some training on Tuesday. And it sounds like a really nice like laid-back workplace. And it and the and the, you know it's this is a, a huge motivating factor as well is that it pays way better than I was expecting. It's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? It's mm-hmm. interesting, yeah. It's, like, it's almost like they want to retain their employees. And then so I'm like, man, like I'd be making at least five bucks more than I would be at Shoppers, and yeah, I'd probably be working harder. But then I don't have to commute all the way downtown to Shaw. Mm. So like you know a fifteen mi- or twenty minute walk versus like a hour plus possibly like bus and skytrain ride so anyways that's just uh that's just what i'm that's like four four jobs basically suddenly like dropped on me then like wow like this is this is a uh i'm overwhelmed with with uh the blessings <laughs> uh, so i hope i find the one that's that's right for me um i don't feel like shoppers drug marts is it <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see anyway so that's that's where I'm at. It's nice uh, having you know having some income again, but I but I, I gotta say I will definitely miss this summer, the summer of like being able to like chill and do my own thing and and, and you know I I proved to myself that I have a work ethic that I can commit to. Like I, if I if I set my sights, I can I can get out there and, and make it happen. But mm-hmm. I am but I am constrained by the capitalist society that we can <laughs> we have created for ourselves i.e i need to pay rent so that is me how are you steven i'm doing all right okay cool <laughs> <laughs> uh let's get into some music news okay the big one. Oh, i know this one doug laid on us is this uh the untimely demise of uh Tom Petty? This is the, yeah, the demise of Tom Petty. It was a bit of a silly day. It really, really was. Because uh, everyone was like, all right, rest in peace, Tom Petty. Rest in peace, Tom Petty. And everybody was saying that he had died. And then it was it was announced that, oops, the police department here responded. that They had actually kind of jumped the gun a little, and he was just in critical care. Mm-hmm. And then he died anyway, right? So, yeah, it was like, it was like he died twice. Yeah, the day. Like, sort people, of thing. people started grieving, and they got a little glimpse of hope. They're like, oh, he's not dead. Oh, what? Now he's dead. Oh. oh. Yeah, you know, and that's like, uh... You know, I'm not a huge Tom Petty fan, but uh, he's got some songs that are indisputable classics. Mm-hmm. I love uh, his song Learning to Fly, mm-hmm. uh, Free Falling. Everybody knows Free Falling. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows Free Falling. In fact, Falling. I thought it was a song from the 90s um, because of It how... got a resurgence in the 90s on yeah, alternative like, like, radio. I remember hearing radio. it a lot, in the, yeah. and I didn't realize that by the, when I was hearing it, it was already about 10 years old. And also, you know, it doesn't feel like an 80s song. So there's that too. It is, yeah. It feels absolutely. it feels more like a, a 90s alternative than it does uh, 80s. Uh, which, you know, it's it's a, that's, that's a statement. Oh, what's another? You, you um, 
the one you posted. What oh, yeah, Mary Jane's Last Dance. Oh, um, uh, yeah. That yeah. one I discovered through pop-up video. Years ago, I used to watch a lot of pop-up video. Uh, Kim Basinger was the model in there. And um, I like it because it, it's I, it felt kind of relevant because he had a sense of humor about death and embracing life. And at the end, you know, you think that something nasty is going to kind of happen. Like there's going to be some necrophilia or something. That's kind of the, the, the impression that you're going to get, you, that you get from the video because he dresses her up in a wedding dress and stuff. And you're like, oh, is this going to be kind of morbid and gross? But no, in the end, he sets her free to be in the ocean as opposed to being another, another dead body in the morgue. And then once she's in the ocean and adrift, she opens her eyes and she, it's like she's alive again. Sort of thing like that. And I thought, I thought, and and the whole thing is, is tongue in cheek. And yeah, yeah, I was so charmed by that video. I've never forgotten that. You know, I suspect that there's more songs by Tom, Tom Petty that I know. Mm-hmm. And probably more songs that I like. So I, I, you know, so that was, it's always a shame that like you kind of gain an interest in an artist after they passed away. Mm-hmm. But now I do kind of feel like I want to dive more into his discography and see what he's, because he's, big, though. yeah, it's he's big. got a lot of, a lot of stuff. I think that's part of the reason why too, is that like when you get an artist as prolific as Tom Petty or Prince or whoever, you kind of, you look at it and you're just like, ah, where do I begin? Sort mm-hmm. of thing. Right. And you know, there's a part of you as well that will know, well, maybe I'll like this era more than I would this era. Yeah. That's, that's another problem too. When you have a problem, quote unquote, when you have an artist with so much longevity, so yeah, worth investigating. Yeah, but it's sad to hear because he wasn't, he wasn't that old. He was in his sixties, but like, you know, you know, reason said uh, that somebody. I, I'm getting again. I don't know what his like his history is with like drug use or anything like that. I don't mm-hmm. know, but it does definitely seem like it's untimely. And yet the Rolling Stones are still kicking. Yeah, isn't that amazing? That is that is incredible. Like those guys were built to last. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those old the old cars that still work. You know, like, or the, the, you know, like how washing machines from like the fifties, they like, they, they're still going strong. Grandma still got that old washing machine and she'll hang on to it to the day she dies. Mm-hmm. It still works fine. <laughs> That's the Rolling Stones. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, moving on. I don't know if you saw, but we only covered him a couple episodes ago. Why I, did you see his announcement? No. He's changed his name. To, <laughs> right? I didn't see that. Uh, he's changed his name to YI, to W-A-I-A-I. Oh. Yeah. Was this our fault? I wonder. <laughs> I, I can't help but wonder, right? I mean, I don't I, know. We, we got the pronunciation down because it was fairly obvious, but maybe he was just like, uh. Well, it wouldn't be obvious. It, it isn't obvious. It is, it, I found out because I've I've seen it, like mm-hmm. him saying it, but. But yeah, you know, that's funny that suddenly it doesn't fit <laughs> the mold of what, what we've done with the podcast. It's, it's, it did at the time. It, I mean, the, yeah. Just like X-Prime, they are now James Blonde, mm-hmm. also coming to town within, uh, I think it's this month. Oh, wow. Well, uh, I wonder uh, if we can get tickets. Maybe. 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 I, I wonder because, uh, I mean, they're small enough. We might even get a chance to say hello. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. But I mean, like... I get, they'll be like, you know, we're like, hey, we're the Music Z podcast guys. Yeah. Hey, guys. You're um, like, uh, uh, I don't yeah, remember. So I mean, you know, I guess I guess there's a timestamp issue about it as well. 
one of one of my favorite bands, Deluxe, who we discovered while at the Miami Horror concert. That's right. Yeah. Um, they are releasing new material, which I am super stoked for. Excellent. Yeah. I know. Yeah, so I check know out you, you really campaign. you really gravitated toward their stuff. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Uh, and the other one I thought was was particularly noteworthy. He was always kind of like uh, treated as kind of like David Bowie light, uh, Gary Newman, who had a couple hits back in the 70s yeah, yeah. and has consistently released albums in electronic and then industrial and then all over the place who people prominent in the electronic scene like Trent Reznor and Groove Armada love him to pieces but has been skirting underneath pop culture for ages well one of my favorite things that he's contributed to is the battle song My mm. Machine uh, like I'm not a huge Gary Newman fan I, uh, his voice is a little hard for me to swallow his voice is is grating and difficult at the best of times it's very absolutely. it's very difficult yeah but the way that it works with that song, My Machine, it's it, it it fits, and it's a great song. So yeah, check that one out, Battles My Machine. But yeah, anyways, sorry, back to you. You're yeah, saying. so he uh, he's had a couple concept albums, and the most recent one, you know, was was heavily backed by uh, by fans, and uh, there was like a pledge music campaign basically. And then when it broke, it entered the UK chart at number two, which he hasn't hit. Uh, he hasn't hit anything that high since Telecon in 1980, 37 years ago. And, uh, I mean, just crazy. And he made a Facebook post. I don't know if I showed it to you. And he heard the news and he was just absolutely, absolutely floored. Can you imagine? He could not like, believe it. Uh, that far into your career, just suddenly kind of the, having this resurgence. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I never, again, I said I'm not a huge Gary Newman fan, but I definitely, like, kind of respect the guy for... Uh, you know what he's contributed to pop music and and electronic music especially. He um, yeah never never so had a good. So it puts a smile on my face too. <laughs> never got a good had a good relationship with critics, which which ultimately kind of limited him in the long run. At first, I mean, it's just like you get the the young crowd who are just like, yeah, who cares what the critics say? But after a while, when the critics bash every single album, and you know, there's more music out there and stuff like that, you know, pe- people move on. I mean, that's just how it is, regardless of of your output and stuff. One of my favorites is uh, there's a cover of his song, Our Friends Electric, which actually is a song of his I do like. Mm. I do like Our Friends Electric. But the cover by Guru Armada is just uh, top, top notch. I yeah. I love it. It's, it is an excellent cover song. Absolutely. Um, uh, wait, wait, what was the song that Basement Jacks, Where's Your Head At is their song? Yeah. What's the um, song they cover? Or they, they sample? Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was off the Pleasure Principle. It's a good little like synth snippet. Like it's a it's a good it's a good sample to to cut. A good lord, Gary Newman stuff has been sampled a million times, sampled and covered a million times. You uh, know, I, I bet Paul White must have. He's, he's got to have. <laughs> I feel point. like yeah, he's co- he's covered everything. If he's ca- covered Captain Beefheart, he has undoubtedly covered Gary Newman at some point. I think oh, it was called M E. M E was the was the song. Oh, it's, yeah, off, yeah. it's off the Pleasure Principle, which is. All things considered, a pretty good album, but that was already starting to be the beginning of his downswing. Uh, let's quickly dive into feedback. Okay, so we did our Zonk episode last time, and as mentioned during the episodes, I had just at that point been in touch with Nick McFiendish, the lead singer, and also uh, for the Harmony Music label. She's she's one of the co-founders and and peeps there. And so naturally, I, I sent the podcast to her, and we got a great response. I was so happy. Mm-hmm. There's So both her and David Le- Le- Levison, sorry, David, both responded to, to my posting. Nick said, wow, thank you for featuring our beloved Zonk. 
Cheers to Steven Doug. David Levison said, Wow, guys, thanks for dedicating episode Zonk. Really entertaining. And I'm not just saying that because it's our music. I am, in fact, D.E. Levinson, Dave Allen, sometimes Dell. Because there was some discussion as to whether it was the same fellow from the band who was then credited with mm-hmm, Harmony. Mm-hmm. And then Nick went on to say, Steven Doug are clever music detectives. I like that. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, I don't remember digging that deep. But, but hey, I'm glad you think so. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed your podcast and will be listening regularly. There's a lot of love between the Zonk members, even though we're rarely in the same geographic place nowadays. So fun to hear your perspective. If you want to hear what half of us are up to nowadays, a big chunk of our catalog is on SoundCloud. It's, again, Harmony Machine. And she goes on to say, I would have loved to have listened to this with all Zonk together. Mucho kudos to the Ferguson brothers for having keen ears and super sleuth skills. I've never felt so dissected in a good way. And now I have a favorite podcast. (sighs) That's That's wonderful. That's so sweet. Thanks, thanks very much, Nick. Honestly, uh, whenever we get uh, feedback from musicians, I like to say, keep on making awesome music. That's yeah, uh, yeah. that's what we're here for. That's one of the things that uh, that I like about this podcast is it just enables me to dig deeper and to listen to to albums and songs that I wouldn't have heard before. And often it's just a real treat. More often than not, it's a real treat to get to listen to all that music. So, one hundred percent. Well, let's. Let's get into things this week. We are doing something uh, a little new that we've been we've been meaning to do for some time. Yeah. And that is we are taking a sidestep off the alphabet into the numeric range. Yeah. So who are we covering this week, Doug? This week we are covering the 1975. heard the 1975 um, through an iTunes single of the week, uh, Chocolate, off the first album, the 1975. Well, I guess I downloaded it uh, and has been basically in my iTunes for quite a few years now. Now, when I mentioned this last time, you said, well, that's strange because I I guess I missed it because I had to buy it. I was usually pretty on top of the iTunes single of the weeks, singles of the week. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I missed it. I I regret it because... um, yeah, I've been I've been sort of aware of the song for about a year. Oh, so you've only you've only had it for relatively recently, eh? Yeah, mm. I heard it when I was working at my old job at Trees. It was in the back. There was a guy who was working there named James, and he had the song on. And I was like, man, this song is like perfect summer jam, <laughs> and it really matches this guy's personality because he's like he's a uh, you know. Kind of a, he's got long hair. And it's just, it looks like he's the kind of guy who like spends a lot of time on the beach. Uh, <laughs> and like, man, this is like, this is such a James song. This is, <laughs> this is the most Jamesy song I've ever heard, actually. <laughs> um, and I never asked him what it was. Mm. 
so like it kept it kept kind of appearing in my mind. I'm like I'm like damn, I, and then I even tried to ask him later on. I'm like, there's a song that goes like, he didn't know what that guy was talking about. <laughs> That's like half the songs on his playlist. He's like, hmm, I don't know, man. I listen to a lot of summer jams. <laughs> summer, summer, summertime, summertime. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't until like way later that I f- like just in passing on Instagram. Somebody was like playing it because I follow a lot of like records, like record collectors and stuff on Instagram. Sure. And then I, I heard him like, aha, I found you. <laughs> and so I, yeah, just downloaded the song, Chocolate. Chocolate. Mm-hmm. Chocolate. And little did I know, apparently it was a big deal. It's like gone platinum, that single. Like, so I'm clearly way behind on the times. Well, take some solace in the fact that that album, although it charted fairly well in the US, was a way bigger deal in the UK. Like it was I was just on the wrong side of the world. There you go. That's basically okay. it. Yeah. Makes sense. You can hear their accents right through it. <laughs> the boys in blue. It's like, oh, yeah. Ooh, wow. That's just pretty British of you, sir. So British they are. They're from Manchester in England. There are four of them making up a uh, a classic rock group as popularized by a lot of groups in the 60s. The 1975 could fit right in with you know, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and zombies and... Uh, although, I mean, I... And don't forget... The Turtles. The Turtles, of course. <laughs> I, I actually... I don't know why I found that as funny as I did. I just I just like the Turtles. I watched this fantastic, fantastic uh, video by Cracked about the zombies and their this hit song that they had that played in the U.S. after the zombies had broken up. And so the person who had the rights to distribute in the U.S. made these zombie cover bands to tour but present and there was like three of them around the u.s Mm. and but they were advertised as the zombies they were the zombie you went to see the zombies but they were cover bands one of those cover bands after this whole thing got kind of exposed wound up forming zz top oh it's it is so fascinating there you go you couldn't get away with that crap today little uh little piece of info right there like that's uh no you couldn't because this is pre-internet only (laughs) information spreads uh way too fast now yeah because you're like oh i just saw the zombies last night in new york uh that's strange because i just saw them last night in la well anyways not to mention that like uh, like music is distributed at an international level so much faster now. Oh yeah. So it's so, and so like you could have a hit that of a band that hasn't even come to North America yet, and then and news of them breaking up would get here. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> amazing stuff. So, anyways, uh, the members are Matthew or Matty Healy. He does vocals and rhythm guitar. Adam Han does guitars. Ross McDonald does bass, and George Daniel does percussion. Two of them, Matt Healy and George Daniel, will wind up stepping up and doing production work as well for the second album. So they met at school in 2002, even though a couple of them actually were born abroad, but they all managed to get together in Manchester. And then for the next 10 years, we're just kind of bumming around making music. At first, they were doing punk songs at underage clubs. I kind of think of like... Um, you know, you get these youth clubs and, and stuff like that, right? Well, ap- apparently, though, they were so energetic and stuff that frequently the youth who were there would then become a little too energized, and uh, all music says chaos would frequently erupt at uh, oh, I, I at wonder what that looks concerts. like. Like, what would, what would prompt an audience to erupt in chaos? <laughs> well, you got a bunch of youth covering punk songs and stuff like that, and even if you got a bunch of chaperones, I guess just like... Uh, 
Yeah, I I don't know. I guess it also kind of depends on like Manchester and what's um like what the youth scene in Manchester was in uh, you know like ten plus fifteen years ago. I guess. However, after ten years of first doing covering covers and then writing their own music and refining and incorporating new sounds, and they have listed their influences from everywhere. They finally released a set of four EPs between 2012 and 2013. Face Down and Sex for 2012. Music for Cars and IV uh, in 2013. Hmm. Uh, did, did you get a chance to listen to them? I did not. Most of those tracks wound up on the first album anyway. Okay. Um, but, the, you know, redone, basically. Still, okay, yeah, yeah. we're not talking about, like, Franz Ferdinand is a great example. The uh, Teller Tonight early version versus the... Versus that yeah, well, those are, yeah, those are like really rough demos. Yeah, not not that much of a difference. You can you can find the majority of them on YouTube, and you know what? To be honest, I going back and listening to these EPs, they are possibly their most unified projects because they seem to go very because you know you've got they've got like four tracks and here's the mood that we're going for. So, mm-hmm. just as an example, Face Down and Sex were released within six months of each other. Face Down is more ambient, electronic influenced, and. Uh, Contemplative, whereas sex has a lot more '80s rock and and stuff. So they're they're actually they're very mm. tight. They're very tightly written. They're very interesting. Not unlike those uh, when we were doing Kenna, those EPs that he was doing, which all kind of had a, like a distinct flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But this all leads up to September of 2013, where they released their first album, the 1975, which has track number one, the 1975. So the 1975 plays the 1975 on the 1975. Yep, guys. You know they just they just want to announce who they are. It gets worse from there, but anyways. But, but yes, I know it does. <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you feel about their uh, their, their debut album? Their debut album. Their, de- their debut album. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I gotta say, starts off very very solid. Actually, you know what? It's I'd say it's very solid for the first uh, for the first two thirds. Hmm. And yeah, there's a, it's got it's got a very distinct energy. Um, they do have a sound that they've developed, and it's and it's and it's a very good sound. I have, I mean, I obviously have a fondness for chocolate, but uh, but yeah, all these other songs uh, are pretty good. The city is a great way to sort of like launch things off. Sex talk, you know. I, I mean, I could just like say I listened to this song and this, this song and it's, <laughs> it was good. But you know, like. I, I it's it's really cool that they managed to maintain that sound that's sort of like and again it's kind of like a summer jammed kind of sound. Uh, it's really upbeat. It's really fun. It's great for going and uh, and chilling outside and hanging with friends and stuff like that. But I do feel like the album's a bit long, mm-hmm. and and it starts to sound a bit samey as it goes. Mm-hmm. So near near the end and, and and it's really kind of like it is right near the end like sh- uh, manswear and pressure and. Like it's like ah, oh, this is familiar territory. It's not bad because it's it's a good sound that they have, but I think the album suffers a little bit because of it because it's hard to kind of like get all the way through and maintain that sort of energy and excitement for a listener. I actually had to double check um, that the Spotify listing wasn't the album with bonus tracks like right, a deluxe yeah, yeah. a deluxe version. So I had to double check, and it's not. It no, is. there's there is a, a deluxe version which has like it has the EPs attached to it as well. Okay, well, so it's it is like legitimately a lot of the same songs over and over again. Yeah. Okay, so that's what it, that's what those all the songs are because I, I looked at it and I was like, oh, a lot of these are the exact same. Um, and so it's the EP versions. Yeah. Okay. Which I mean, if you're a hardcore 1975 fan, 
Or yeah. even just uh, just say someone who's interested in the progression of bands and history of music and stuff. Okay. I would say that that's not good to listen to from start to finish. No. Because no, um, no. I, I think that, like, it'd be, you'd be better off listening to the EP separately, I would think. I think so. Because otherwise, it, it you know, like, things get a little samey. Imagine, like, they'll get pretty pretty damn samey <laughs> if you start listening to the same songs over and over again yeah 16 tracks the thing is it's one of those like really easy fixes where you just trim a few songs near the end uh the ones that just feel like they they're just retreading the same territory and otherwise it would have been like a really really solid album in my opinion i i think that uh, i I'm, i am quite fond of it i just i just wish it was tighter uh just and not like significantly tighter but like cut out two two or three tracks tighter First, I'll note this was produced by Mike Crossy, mm. uh, who has produced a lot of bands. I didn't recognize a good portion of them, but the number one band that I recognized was Arctic Monkeys. That made a lot of sense to me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So very, very much a similar kind of sound. I agree with you. It starts off high energy, but it does. It's long. It's a long album, and it starts to get fairly repetitive. And it's kind of hard to bring out an identity. How are these guys different from? Arctic Monkeys, how are they different from Vampire Weekend? You know, you know that that sort of generation of, of rock bands. What's what's the what's the thing that really grabs about them? And well, I think I mean if I if I can just chime in, yeah, I think one of the things that is is nice about them is that they're late in the game. Mm. So like as as a uh, you know very mainstream listeners have kind of lost interest in bands like Arctic Monkeys. Not that Arctic Monkeys deserve that, because I, I still quite like their stuff. This is sort of like a re... a re Like, it almost reinvigorates uh, that sort of alt-rock, synth-rock kind of music uh, into into the public consciousness. Sure. I don't know if they're 100% successful. Okay, so, like, for example, for me, the more ambient electronic tracks tend to be the more interesting ones. Money, uh, twelve. Uh, Manswear, although I 100% agree, having Manswear so late down there, it's so easy to skip past it. So I think this is a fantastic case of track order and being really, really concise and knowing where to make cuts, like you said. I think that's where they succeed with the EPs because they were, you had to. You only had four tracks, so let's make sure everyone counts. Mm-hmm. Don't go the opposite direction when you have an LP. Say, let's just put it all out there. I mean, I'm going pure line conjecture. Maybe there were tons of cuts off this album. Um, because they physically put put any more songs on, but um, in which case, then I would say, well, let's let's talk about the track order, or maybe let's take another pass. Um, I, 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 get, I felt bad, I, yeah, or, or just get someone someone else outside of the project to listen and mm-hmm. and you know just just go through that one more edit. You know, the first time I listened to Sound Starts Finish, I completely missed Menswear because I had lost interest uh, totally. Um, it was only listening to it again that I was like, oh, actually, hey, I really like this song. Yeah, that that's always the worry when you start to lose energy near the end of the album. Is that maybe you do have a jam or something that starts slow but really builds up, or something that introduces something interesting, but you've just kind of like you've smushed it between a whole bunch of a uh, whole bunch of stuff that isn't as noteworthy, we might say. Mm-hmm. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't help but uh, notice that uh, apparently you gotta close on that emotional piano piece. Yeah, you gotta close on that one. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know if you, I don't know if that song is necessary. I don't know necessarily know which song I would use to close the album. So I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of like fifty fifty on is there somebody <laughs> who can watch you? Yeah, uh, because it's like well maybe that is the ideal closing track, but maybe it's just maybe the problem is just by the time you get there you're like okay I don't I don't even know if I'd wanna 
if I want to listen to this. <laughs> so here's my thoughts on uh, closing piano ballads like this, in that they can work. Sometimes they work fantastically. But why are you putting it in? If you, especially if you have not, if you haven't done it, any other piano songs in the album at all, uh, is it to to accentuate a mood? Is it to be ironic? One of the ones that I think of is is um, "Tell Me What to Swallow," uh, which isn't a piano piece, but is a gentle guitar piece off Crystal Castles One, and it is it is so in contrast to the rest of the album that it's jarring. Which is interesting because the whole album's jarring. So it's it's jarring away from the jarring, and so that that's that's immensely interesting. Are you doing something like that with this? Is it capitalizing on the mood? Eh, I don't know. So yeah, I I would agree. It, I wasn't getting enough of the sentiment of the song to say, yeah, this has got to be here and it's got to be the closing one. It's it's a nice song, uh, definitely on its own, but especially track sixteen. I think that. Um... I think given the overall tone of this album, it would have been stronger to finish on something big. Mm. I think it would have been a bolder choice because, yeah, I think I think to finish it off with something kind of really subdued, just it doesn't leave the best impression. Um, and, you know, like, again, it's not a terrible song. No. But it's I, I think it accentuates... It doesn't accentuate the flavors of the album. You, you know what did that really well, I find? Uh, Modest Mouse off of uh, Good News for People Who Love Bad News. The Good Times Are Killing Me. It was a far gentler song compared to the rest of the album, but it still hit the same notes, and it had a, a, a such a quotable message behind it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so repeatable. And the, the, the song, even though gentler than the rest of the album is still very much a modest mouse song mm-hmm. and also has is a killer killer ending track that's that's one of my all-time favorite closing tracks on an album oh really wow it's, yeah I, I, I never I haven't thought about it in a long time but uh, but the moment but again the moment you say the good times are killing me I know exactly what you're talking about like it, it's got a hook it helps that the hook is the good times are killing me <laughs> so where I can't necessarily think of like is there somebody who can watch you? I remember how it sounds, but I don't really remember how it goes. Mm. Yeah. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer about the sound because I do agree in that it starts off high energy and it's a kick in the nuts and away you go. But oh, I think I think uh, I mean I definitely I'll say that it's it's worth it for the first two thirds. Mm-hmm. Like it is it is well it is well on and also again it doesn't even get bad as it goes. It no. just. Just gets a little same. Isn't that weird though? Like, just look at the language that we're using here. Normally, when we talk about albums, we talk about a first half and a second half, right? Here, the album is so long, <laughs> we we have to break it down into thirds. And I agree with that completely. It makes logical <laughs> sense in my mind, just because it's it's really long. Um, I, I yeah. So I, I I don't mean to beat it into into the ground uh, because I think they've got a lot to be proud of, and there's a lot of great songs on this album. Um, I do think I liked it better than you. Um, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'd say give it a go. I, I want to pick it up um, off iTunes. Cause we, I just Spotified it, but I want to I wanna throw in my, throw a little bit more of my dollar in there. <laughs> so, yeah, this was released September 2013. So, basically, late 2013 into 2014. It hit number one in the UK and number 28 in the billboards in the US. So, again, this was a pretty, pretty big deal in the UK. So, actually, to be honest... You would be correct then in saying that it was it was reinvigorating that alt rock scene and stuff like that. I mean, 
I mean, the results kind of speak for themselves. The people mm-hmm. in the UK were just like, yeah, we missed this. We like this. Oh, yeah. This is, this um, is what we want. Because, yeah, I, mean, it, it, how, I can't think of anything around that time. Of course, I haven't, like, really thought about it too much. Mm. But anything around that time that was sort of, like, giving Rock the big thumbs up, you know? Mm-hmm. They spent most of 2015 in the studio and decided that they were going to go in a bit of a different direction. Uh, they did get Mike Crossy to come back for production. But it wasn't just him this time, as stated before. But George Daniel and Maddie Healy, again, so uh, the percussionist and the, the, the frontman, they chimed in with, with production as well, which is good. It's a great, it's a great thing to do, uh, to really get involved. Released a string of singles starting in October of the previous year, 2015, uh, and then going all the way up to actually last February, so... Uh, like a year and a half of, of releasing singles. For... Oh, I missed one. The Medicine single single was not attached to either album. So there's that's out there somewhere. I want to check that out. Oh, interesting. I didn't um, see that either. Yeah. By Your Side, I did listen to, which is later on, which is also a non-album single. Yeah, that one's on Spotify. I, I must have missed Medicine. The 2016 album is I Like It When You Sleep, For You Are So Beautiful Yet So Unaware Of It. With no capitals in there, which uh, it's it's sort of a... They decide to keep it all lowercase, except for the initial I, and I like it. With the first track being... Oh, there it is, right there. Medicine huh? is on Spotify. Did I ever drop the ball, everybody? Sorry, um, the medicine ball? Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> the first track off this album was the 1975 <laughs> guys what are you doing <laughs> hey you know what though i don't mind it uh because it sort of it shows a bit of a theme in what they're going for it's like they just they're always going to open up their albums with the 1975 it's sort of like a here we are and you know what to be honest uh when love me kicks in and then uh uh follows it i was like <laughs> This is more like it. I honestly felt that identity issue I was kind of like wavering on in the first album. I was like, this seems to be more of an identity. This is a stronger identity. This is bringing in, uh, even though they're named after the 1975, this is bringing in 80s new wave. Oh, I hear uh, Love Me and I thought Duran Duran instantly. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And I really, really dug it. It's still kind of long. And more thematically unified, if like if you you go through the songs and stuff like that, they they all seem to tie together a little, a little more in regards to the ins and outs of intimacy and how critical you can be of of yourself in a moment of intimacy and how much you love another person. But you get about two thirds in, and then it really slows down. And I was just like, no, pick it back up. I wanted to grab a crank and then you know move it back up again. I was like, come on. Uh, and then it picked up a bit, but then it fell back down again. Um, the title track, actually, interestingly enough, reminded me of Blackbird, Blackbird. Interestingly enough, so there was there was some more interesting synth stuff that was that was going on in there. But uh, I felt this was a really really good album that was just like a hairs away from being great. There's so much potential and so much interesting things they do musically. It's just the number of tracks. It's just there's there's and uh, and the length and and it's it's the pacing again. It's the pacing. It's it's the the track order and stuff. It's it's the same issue with the last one, but this one it kind of hurt a little more because like I really felt a strong identity coming from these guys at this point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, sir. Well, interesting. I have a, I have some contrasting opinions to yours, hmm. but it, well, I agree with some points. 
Um, I like I like sort of the thematic the thematic contrast between this and the previous album, even in the cover art. How they it's essentially the same cover art, but swapped instead of black, it's white. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that sort of informs the direction of the album in that it's it's a very sharp difference, I'd say. It's a very they they don't go for the sort of the the stumbling block of so many uh, artists of trying to kind of retread the same work of their previous album, which is great because I feel like the previous album kind of like, again, we retreaded a bit of itself already. Mm. So uh, to have two albums of that would be, would cause some harm, I think to their, to their image and their sound because people would just be like, ah, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. So luckily that's not the case. Yes. They, 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 it is not the case at all. Uh, interestingly enough, I, I, some of the things that you really liked, I wasn't too fond of, uh, particularly in the, the beginning. I felt it was a bit of a stumble for the first few tracks. I'm like, oh, it's a little too, a little too poppy for my tastes. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I kind of like Love Me in an ironic sort of like, oh, it's like Duran Duran kind of sense. But I didn't really love it. So the sorry, you love me. I do not. <laughs> but but it's OK. But Ugg and Change of Heart, I feel at least I think uh, change change of heart. Yeah, not a big fan. Uh, so I could, I felt uh, not quite. I'm not quite there. Uh, but she's American. I really do enjoy. Um, even though it's it's probably it probably harkens back to the first album a little bit more, but in a good way because it's different enough. But it sort of shows that they are the same band. Like it's it's it sort of carries their identity into this album. And then from that point, I started to get into it quite a bit. Interesting. So, like, well, like, there's a good chunk in the middle that I really enjoy. Like, okay. Like, if uh, she's American, through all the way through, I want to say this must be my dream. I feel like that chunk is all really good. Where they they do play around a lot with sort of more upbeat stuff, and then their more contemplative synth tracks are also in there, and those are I find are really good. The Ballad of Me and My Brain. I like it when you sleep for you're beautiful yet so unaware of it. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. Those, those are great tracks. Like, really good. And so and so distinct from who they were even just three years before. So I'm, uh, I wound up really liking a good chunk of that middle. And then here's where we agree and I feel like it starts to really lose its, itself near the end. Um, just kind of losing the energy... Like not in a good way, like not not in not in a way like I like it when you sleep dot dot dot, where that's it's it's kind of tranquil, but still has kind of a unique awesome vibe to it. Um, the yeah the near the end I just it it just gets a little blah, <laughs> and yeah, uh, which is a shame. I, I, although I think she lays down, is that a bonus track? Maybe it's not because it just sounds like it doesn't really belong in the album. Oh no, it's no. on the proper album. 73 minutes, good grief. <laughs> it's, uh, seven, it's effectively 74. <laughs> Isn't that the maximum amount of time you can put on a CD? I thought that was, that was the... Uh, it's pretty close. I want to say you could fit on 80 minutes. But, you know, the thing is, they also don't make albums this long usually anymore. There was no. kind of a thing in the 90s when, like, bands kind of felt they had to fill up CDs. Mm. There was... And, that, and the problem is that with a lot of those albums, uh, like, in retrospect... Is that they do have filler, mm-hmm. even though like the, you know some of the some of the best like there's classic classic '90s songs on these great albums. Red Hot Chili Peppers. 
Well, they, they never stopped doing that. The Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers just love being prolific in their albums. Like uh, that, that's always been their thing. But but you see it all the time. It, it, but it, it's it's or you used to see it all the time. It's hard to and this is like it's a challenge when you set yourself up to to put on that many songs to keep an album going on that long because it it is it's a hard thing to maintain an energy and to maintain or. Or you could do something different, like what Moby did in play, where the energy ha- purposefully changed to keep interest in the album. Mm-hmm. Like there was a there was a very per- it's divided into like two halves. There's the there's the sort of um, the electronic blues half with some other other interesting uh, sprinkles of of instrumentation and and musical genres, and then there's the more contemplative ambient half. And you know, there's it's, I mean, that's an oversimplification, but it was a, it's a great way to keep the album flow going um we're here it's it's not it's just yeah the structure structure is not working 100 percent. so it's I, a shame because i wanted to love this album i wanted to love it it's just so long <laughs> it's just so long um what i will say is is that it, when i put it on my ipod i i will probably just make some adjustments and cut out a few songs that don't work for me and it'll probably be in regular rotation because I really love what works on it. Yeah. Yeah, seems fair. Man, who knows? You know, I, this I've only been listening to this. I've only listened to the album a couple times through. So maybe there's some. Maybe those songs at the beginning I'll warm up to. We'll sure. See. Sure. Uh, because it's not unheard of. But, you know, I just I think I just needed. Uh, sometimes you just need time to adjust when a, when an, uh, a band changes their style. Um, because I I tend to like it when bands go adventurous. And do something different. So we'll see. We'll see how I feel down the road. That's fair. Uh, and so it was announced in March of this year. I want to say this year uh, that they will be releasing a new album called Music for Cars in 2018. Given how well this album performs, uh, again it went number one in the UK and the US this time. So it charted very, very well. Although it looks like it hasn't sold uh, nearly as many copies as its predecessor, it charted generally higher. Give it a bit of time. But that's the, yeah, that's the thing, is that the first one obviously has a three-year head start. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yeah, I have no doubt it's, it's going to do okay. Oh, does it have Canadian? Oh, it's number one in Canada as well. See? And New Zealand. Uh, and Scotland. Oh, <laughs> it's almost like I don't pay attention to Canadian pop charts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they were also a runner-up for the Mercury Prize as well. Uh, they were shortlisted. They didn't get it, but, uh, but you know... Cool, cool. So we look. I I look forward to seeing what they do in music for cars. I I genuinely, genuinely do. I am very interested in seeing how they are going to progress and what and what more they're going to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Should we do track recommendations? Yeah, let's do that. Off of the 1975 by the 1975, I will choose Money or M O N E Y. Money is one of those high energy tracks, right smack dab in at the beginning. That really accentuates what makes the 1975 work. It's it's the energy, it's the ease in which they play their instruments, and it's the amount of fun that they're having. Uh, I mean, like, uh, it's it's just all around a great listen. Uh, check out uh, Adam Hahn's awesome guitar work, Mr. Hahn. No, not quite. His awesome, awesome guitar work. It's it's a great listen. And then off of I like it when you sleep for you are so beautiful yet so unaware of it. 
Uh, I will go for the Duran Duran track. I'm sorry. Uh, love me. Actually, I didn't even think about Duran Duran when I listened to it, but I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah, it fits perfectly well. I did get that that uh, that blast of uh, of '80s new wave. Uh, that's a little bit of a little bit of a funk in, and uh, it it solidifies very early on in the album what sort of identity that they want to establish, and they want to do something uh, a little more dancey and a little more as an homage to to their uh, their influences. And and I couldn't I couldn't be happier. I'm I'm an '80s new wave lover at heart. Um, you should yeah. do a little experiment and see how it sounds. Where you start off the track instead of with the the intro to this track, you start with the intro to the reflex, and then it's like flex, 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 and then you go into love me. Let me do that right now. <laughs> I could do it. I, I, I think. We'll see. Um, because maybe I'm maybe I'm off my rocker. Who knows? For the for the 1975 off of the 1975 album, but not the 1975 song. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with you know I just gotta I just gotta go with it just because I I, you know it's probably the one that everyone's heard, but I do want to recommend Chocolate because I think it's a great a great track, and um, and. Uh, like a hell of a summer jam you know if you want to just hold on to the summer a little longer I know we're now in October <laughs> but if you just want to hold on to it a little bit longer put on chocolates and uh, bask in their in their British accents and awesome guitar work and, you know the thing is like that's, that song is su- such a good hook like that, that guitar part something about the way it's produced and and the the, the body of the guitar and, and it's just it's so danceable but Oh, it's just something about it works so well, and I, and um, so, and and it shows them sort of as like um, good pop songwriters as well. So, uh, I highly recommend it. And to to sharply contrast it, I'm gonna recommend. I like it when you sleep for you're beautiful yet so unaware of it. It's such a lovely song. It's so good, I, and you know, like don't be intimidated. It's over six minutes long, you know, but it, it's really worth the ride. I think it's. It's just, it's just one that you, it's, it's tranquil and ambient and beautiful. And uh, one of the highlights of the album, I think it was like then for sure, by that track there, I was definitely like, yeah, I'm sold. I'm sold. You guys got me. Good track yeah. 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, it was, a, it's, it was a bit of a, yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know, it's great. It's good. Check it out. Cool. Well, anyways, Doug. We have been going since April of 2014. April 19th, 2014 was our first, our, our release. Although we were recording in March, I believe. It was actually quite a few episodes in before we... Uh... Now, three three and a half years, that's a long time in, in, in terms of music and stuff. Well, it's, it's, uh, it is several lifetimes as far as podcasts go. Uh, that is very true. Mm-hmm. So Doug, Doug's had actually suggested uh, to me, he said, you know, a lot of the bands that we've covered, that we covered in our first run, have gone on and done more stuff. Mm-hmm. So we decided that our, for our special episodes next time is going to be kind of catching up with the bands. We're not going to do concise, concise reviews of everything that each band in the first run 
has released. But we're gonna we're gonna basically just catch up and say, here's what Arcade Fire has done since then. Here's what Bell and Sebastian has done. How about Charlene Kay? How about Depp? Here's what these guys have have been have been doing in the meantime, and catch up with the with the 26 groups, artists, bands, and if they've done anything in the three and a half years, and uh, and do a quick little check in. Yeah, I think it sounds like a great idea. Mm-hmm. It was your idea, so I. I mean, <laughs> I'm just patting myself on the back here. Yeah, <laughs> good job, Doug. Yeah, excellent, yeah. excellent. What work. a good guy. What a good guy that Doug is. Excellent work. If you have any opinions on the 1975, or if you have any opinions on any bands that we have covered, or any bands you think we should cover, there's a few ways of getting hold of us. The first is through our website. It's musicatozpodcast.com. There you can find our show notes. You can see our full directory. If you're only interested in electronic bands or rock bands or whatever, check out our sorting by genre. You'll find what you're looking for. Also, if you want to see Doug's beautiful mug, it's on there as well. Hey, my beautiful mug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have a Facebook page, Music A to Z Podcast. Join the conversation. Give feedback to our individual episodes or give feedback to any of the music news that we post up there. We also have a Twitter account, at Music A Z Podcast. At Music A Z Podcast. There you can tweet at me and I'll tweet right back at you and we'll tweet about fun things that we're doing. Plus, please go to iTunes right now and rate and review this episode. I do this too. I am the worst at this. I'm listening to a podcast called Beckett to the Future, which is about Quantum Leap. And they are saying, please rate and review us. And I'm like, yeah, I should do that. I haven't done it yet. So I get it. I get it, folks. But if you are if you are near a computer right now, just um, takes not five seconds. It takes two minutes, to, mm. sorry, to sign on to iTunes, go to the iTunes store. Find us in the podcast section, Music A to Z, and uh, go to rating reviews, and I would be eternally within your debt. We're talking to you, Japan. <laughs> yeah, Japan. Hello. Since you like us so much. Yeah, like approaching 20,000 downloads in Japan since June. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? We don't, our iTunes reviews don't have to be in English. We, we, read, we read it by the stars. Actually, according to, um, according to iTunes, our most popular episode right now is the XTC episode. It's gained traction. Oh, I thought it didn't. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. And now it's the most popular episode according to iTunes. Oh, cool. Uh, all right. Great. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right, that's good. It was, it was a lot of work that episode. Hey, right. If you want to find me, uh, DougJCFerguson.com is the best place to do it because that's where, that's the, you know, the hub of all my stuff. Please head over to YouTube, look up Moving Pictures, Moving underscore Pictures with a K. And uh, and if you like movie reviews, uh, TV show reviews, and video game reviews, stuff like that, um, I'm really trying to get the channel off the ground. My goal is to hit 100 subscribers before the year's up and we would love to have you uh join in the conversation and content over there cool anything else captain i'm good sweet well i'm gonna close this out by saying music a to z podcast is hosted by steven and doug ferguson and is produced by me steven ferguson you should check out our other works at dougjcferguson.com and stevengcferguson.ca. ferguson.ca